Hallelujah. Um, so yes, the, 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 it, it's going to be on um, unity this morning. And, it's, and the Lord's going to talk to us about um, how we should be unified. Today, we're going to look at that subject of unity. And yet again, it will give us chance to learn and look. Oh, my Lord. It's all right. We've had an almighty crash. Give me one second. I'm sorry about that. A slight uh, interjection. I'll start again. Today we will look at unity. Yet again, it gives us a chance to learn and to look at ourselves and through. And let's look at through the Lord's eyes of, of the way we are. And of course, when we look at the Lord's way, it's quite simple. It's by his word. And he encourages us all the time to try to live our life more and more in his word and therefore more with him. So our, our opening scripture this morning is going to be from Ephesians um, chapter 4. And I'm going to read um, at the very beginning, uh, 1 to 6 and then 13 to 14. And the subject matter here in the New King James, it gives us a title. It's not there in the original, but they give it because it, it's, the title is to walk in unity. And that's the title today, Walk in Unity. So starting at verse one, therefore, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. And so that is that is so important that we that we that we see that, you know, and my my prayer this morning is is for us to. But Lord, just to remind us, to remind us of all the, the wonderful things that you've, you've got for us, to, to remind us, Father, of all these incredible scriptures that build us up and show us the way. Because, Father, without that, we would go our own way. And, Father, we know that if we don't learn and we don't learn, how can we follow what you want us to follow, Lord? And so that's why you wrote this incredible Bible, Lord. So we, we could all be sure of our election. We could all be sure that we're on the right path. We could all be sure we're pleasing God. We could all be sure that when we pray, when we do these things and we pray, and we pray in the will of God, Father, you will hear us and we will get our prayers answered. And Father, that's the unity 
that you want from us, to pray together, to learn together, to teach one another, to grow together, to, to, to rebuke each other, to correct each other, to instruct each other, to, to support each other. So each one of us, each one of us will be fully furnished for good works. But Father, it is the good works that shows people what kind of people we are in this world. And that gives you glory. Verse 13, um, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, a mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And that's, that's an incredible statement that Paul has made to the Ephesians. And that's just an incredible statement he's making to us today. Isn't it fascinating? He's talking about till we all come to the unity of the faith. And that's not just us. It's the whole body of Christ. So his expectation is for the whole body of Christ to come together to ensure that we have the same faith, we have the same knowledge of the Son of God, our Jesus, and for us to become more and more mature. And there's the goal to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So isn't it amazing that's our goal? And, you know, I don't, I, it, doesn't, it doesn't make me want to falter to say, well, I can never do that. For me, it's, it, 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 it's a fantastic, um, exciting statement of God that no matter what I'm going through, no matter what's going on, and as long as I continue to study and pray and try to do the things of God, he's changing me. He's building me. You know, and every obstacle that comes and we go, oh, no, not again. You know, he's, he's strengthening me. He's getting me ready. He's getting me, he's getting me battle, battle battle ready is, is, is getting rid of all the all the bits and pieces that don't help me you know the, the lack of spiritual fitness call it what you like the lack lack of knowledge he wants to give the lack of faith he wants to give the lack of strength he wants to give the lack of love he wants to give even the lack of finance he wants to give you know and that's amazing you know that all all of it so the body of Christ shall be built up that's the amazing thing that's what he wants for us it's not just about me you know and you can say that it's not just about me it's about me taking part in that one body of christ so father in again just just, just show us again remind us teach us again that how much love you have for us and how much your desire is for us to live in your body, to do the things you've asked us to do, to build one another up, to grow ourselves and to grow others and, and build your church. Father, you said you'd build your church. And guess what? We're those incredible laborers that are going to help you do it. Amen. And it's important. It's important we we look at these scriptures, you know, and, it, and and you know this passage that we've that, that we've read, and we see that you know there is there, there's this one God, this one Spirit, and and is and it's important. Now we know 
who that spirit is and you know and we're going to verify everything we're going to learn this morning by the scripture so we've read one passage of scripture and 2 corinthians 3 17 and 18 is the next one too so all the scriptures you know they verify they 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 help us understand other scriptures and that's why god did this and have all these words in the Bible that non-contradict, they support, they direct, they show us, they give us the knowledge we need so that we won't be destroyed and we won't be swayed by any wind of doctrine that, we'll, that we work together and we know what the word says and what we've got to do. And so it's so important. Verse 17. Now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Liberty is freedom. Freedom to be what God wants us to be with nothing stopping us. No, no, no person, no, no devil, no demon, no, nothing stopping us having that freedom to talk and speak and sing and pray and do what God wants us to do. When that spirit is here, then it, nothing is impossible. Verse 18, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in the mirror the glory of the Lord. So there we are, the unveiling. You know that, that Moses come down from Mount Sinai with a, with a, with a veil on his face because, the, because the, the Lord's presence was shining so bright from his face, everyone feared him. But we don't need to have a veil now. We're going to look at ourselves one day and see the glory of the Lord in us, how he has changed us, how from we look back from where we started and, and, and how he's, he's taught us and how much we know now. And that, that should be transforming everything about us into our life. And it's beautiful because it says into the same image of our Lord. From glory to glory, God, God wants all the glory. And we give him that because he's the one who's changing us. But don't forget, he'll give us his glory. Not we'll have his glory. He'll give it. He'll show us. He'll give us honor. You'll see. He'll give us praise for what we've done. Because when we know we're doing the works, Lord, we get his praise because we know we've done it. And that builds us up. We don't need man's agreement when we have the Lord's praise, just as by the spirit of the Lord. And that spirit will commune with our spirit and encourage us. And we will know, we will feel it. It's beautiful. But we can see here with Paul and he's writing to the Ephesians at, the, at what we read at the beginning in chapter four. But how it's quite fascinating how he considered himself to be a prisoner. But we know, we know the Lord doesn't imprison, imprison us. Uh, but we know when we read the scriptures that Paul volunteered himself to be a bond servant. He wasn't a bought servant. He volunteered himself to be a bond servant. He made that bond with the Lord that I'm going to be your servant. So it's not bought. It's a volunteering act. And so what he's saying, I want to be. I want to be a prisoner of the Lord. I, I, he, then, he then implores us, he, 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 he calls to us, he beseeches us, it says, desires us to live our lives with such lowliness and gentleness, to know our place, to know that no matter how great we do things with God, it's him 
He enables us to do it. And you know, and gentleness, you know that. It's, it's, I find it so hard when, when you've got to battle to be gentle. And so there's a time for the gentleness, there's a time to battle. Even the scripture says that, you know, that, you know, if, if the people won't hear the gospel, the end result is hold them over the fire. But before that, it's got to be with the patience. It's got to be with the long suffering. It's got to be with the gentleness. It's got to be with the goodness. It's got to be with all the love and the faith that God gives you until it comes to that time where we have to say enough's enough and you know the bible says wipe the dust from your feet and, and please don't worry you you know it's not everything because you all got family that needs saving we've all got people that you know aren't as strong and they need strength in their christian lives and it's important that we know that we don't want the dust the feet from our family we will never will because we're always got that hope that they'll change and be saved or come back to the lord whichever situation and they're in there, but you know, one of the one of the funny things for me in the flesh that you know that the Lord forbears us. That's what it says, and the Lord um, bears us up, and He's telling us to bear up with one another. And you know, let's put it in let's put it in our language today. We've got to put up with each other. You know, the Lord's trying to knock a few of our idiosyncrasies, our lawlessness, our peculiarities, our thoughts about who we are and what our nature is and all those other things. And, you know, and he's forbearing with us because why? Because he knows he continue, can change us until we are getting more like his, his, his son, Jesus Christ. And that's beautiful. So, you know, that because you know what we're like in our flesh, people say things and do things and we, we get irritated with them. We dislike some of the things that go on. And yet, doing all what we do, God helps us with an overriding characteristic that he wants for us. And that's his love. An unconditional love for us, no matter how many times we've messed up, and, and some of us have messed up a lot of times, we know he still loves us because he doesn't reject us. And you know, and how many times we even get fed up of going to him and asking him to forgive us for the same things. Father, change us. Help us to put in defense for those things that we continue to do that we don't want to do. Why? Because he's going to ask us to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. And that's it. When we're at peace, we don't have those troubles. You know, when we're in the peace of God, we don't have that. We know we're going to be all right. So we can disregard all the, all the irritations and disregard all the comments and disregard what's going on and make sure we're keeping the Lord's word and what the Lord wants us to do. And then that unity of the spirit in peace will, will be there. You see, it's so important. So important for us as a church. Our little church is a body of people. Don't forget, we're a part of the body of Christ, the whole body. So, you know, it's not just this little bit. We're a little bit in the big body of Christ. The whole world is all the believers are his body. So, you know, we've got to put ourselves in perspective. In our little church, we're a single little body and we all make up that body. And so we have to strengthen all the weak parts and, you know, and help the, the weaker parts and, and then, then bring everyone up to strength with knowledge and, 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 and 
all the things that God wants us to do. That's why we have all these meetings for teachings and that. So we can continue to grow step by step. But what's the Bible, what's the Bible tell us to do? Um, it tells us to endeavor. Endeavor. It's, it's beautiful, isn't it? It, it? it is amazing how the Lord uses words, you know, and, and sometimes we just have to look behind the word to see what the meaning is to show us what we need to do and sometimes how we how we can do it his word endeavor he uses diligence in another part you know how many times that that you know that i use that diligence because it's it, it is it's an amazing change with the scriptures that we read when he tells us what to do to endeavor at something you know it comes down to effort speedily work being prompt consciously working hard to follow the lord's instructions that's endeavor everything you do you endeavor to to do things to work at it to to make sure it's going to be good and and done and, and finished etc 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 so we consciously um should be working hard to follow the lord's instructions to show him that we um are that willing servant you know <laughs> you know you can call yourself a prisoner um, if you want but that means you really have to follow the lord just like paul and he's a great example of being a prisoner because when he was actually a prisoner he wrote most of his epistles to to the church so it's important that we, we understand yeah we're so many things to god aren't we you know you know we're a servant you know, we're, he calls us when, when, we, when we believe in his name and follow what he does, we become a child of God. He says we are a child of God. And that spirit will confirm that by communing with our spirit that we know we're on the right track. You know, and all these terms he uses to describe us um, and our actions. And don't forget, one of the things that we are, it's, it's pretty amazing, isn't it, that he does um, ensure that we know our lowliness, that we're all laborers, you know. <laughs> you know, when we go to work, some of us are buses, and, you know, we, we, you know, we have to really do have to sometimes just tell people um, what, they, what, they've, what they've got to do. But in this in this kingdom, no matter what office, no matter what office we get, no matter you know what title we might get, no matter who we think we are, you know, God always reminds us that hold on a moment, yeah, you might be that doing it there, but you know, let's get down to ground, ground level. You're my laborer as well. Oh, and it's beautiful. It doesn't go just for laborers. It's not that we've got to labor all the time. It gives us the rewards for that. All oh, every labor we do, it gives us the reward for. So that's amazing. But then all of a sudden, you know, he says, well, you know, when the laboring's done, you know, it's very different. Not only is he, is he our father and our God and all the other wonderful things, he also said, I'm your friend. You know, that's so so different then isn't it so this is just the relationship with god daily you know and so of course and all he's trying to do all the time that uh, is to separate us to separate us from the worldly ways and, you know it's so easy to follow the world it's so easy to sin and yet it seems so difficult for us to set apart from the worldly stuff and don't worry i have I have the same battles as you. 
And, you know, he wants us to be sanctified. It's a beautiful word, sanctified. And that's all it means to set us apart. So we can check our sanctification um, day by day by looking how much we're doing the worldly things and how much we're doing the holy things of God. To be consecrated, that's another word for sanctification, to be set apart, to be made holy um, for the Lord. For he said, without holiness, no man shall see God. So he bought us, and that's why. That's why we've got to consecrate ourselves for him. He bought us with a price. And that price was the greatest price any of us have got. It's our life. And the Bible even says the greatest, the greatest thing we can do for a friend is give our life for them. And, you know, it doesn't mean, you know, really just dying for them. but It's dying to self, dying to self to help what we call our friends to make sure we put our, them first and all those things that God tells us to do, you know, first, first seek, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. God wants to add a lot for us. Uh, but it's when we get that sanctification right, it's when we see that change and the holiness start to come with us, not seeking all the worldly things all the time and spending those times with the Lord and, you know, and even in fellowship with one another is still better. So he bought us with a price, his own, his life. So we could have this much better life with him, knowing, 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 knowing. If we follow him, we have an eternal life to follow. So this short life we have, um, you know, it's, it's nothing. It's just a vapor. Grass here, today, gone tomorrow. Okay, we're still on. We're still on that in that first section of scripture of, of Ephesians, and it, and it it really begins to try to tell us about God and what He wants us to think and believe. You know, He tells us one body. You know, we're one body, and that body is is therefore made up of all believers everywhere on this on this planet. And, you know, and, and that's what he says. And you know for full well that when the Lord calls his body, it will be those people who are saved and who are following God at that time, doing the work of God. So that's so important. And we have a scripture in Romans 12. Um, four, and as I said, I'm just going to verify these single statements with with other scriptures, so you can see how all the all the all that scripture is one body of scripture working together to give us the strength and the knowledge, so we don't so we don't lose our way. Romans twelve four to five. For as we have many members in one body. For all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ. And individ individually, members of one another. Isn't it fascinating to hear that? So we are joined together and we that's why we've got to work together. So you, you imagine that if, if your hand didn't want to work with your arm, you know, what a state of affairs it would be. Or your mouth wouldn't work with your brain. Well, don't say nothing about that because I don't, you know, because then we go straight into the flesh. It's important that we understand our physical body 
is it shows us in the natural what God is looking for in the supernatural. And just go up a couple of verses up to verse, a few verses up to verse 12 and 13. He talks about that one body again. For as the verse 12, for as that body is one and as many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body. So also is Christ. So that's um, 1 Corinthians, sorry, 1 Corinthians 12. Um, sorry, doesn't matter. I've read it. Just note it down for those who are noting it down. 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 13. And so, for the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. So we know when we go to heaven, it is his one body that he calls. And he said we are his body and he is the head. And as believers, we are all part of that one body. So we've got to have that unity of the faith that he told us. And of course, he goes, yet again, in Ephesians, he tells us there's one spirit. And we all know now that God is a spirit and he is everywhere. And we, we know that. You know, we say in, in John 4, 4, uh, John 4, 23, 24, he talks about God is a spirit. And, he, and he's seeking those to worship in spirit and truth. We've got to remember these because these are the important ones that, that keep telling us that there is this one God. And of course, he's everywhere. And the Bible very clearly said the heavens of heavens cannot contain him. And we also know, know in Acts 17. So you know, just have a quick look at Acts 17 as well while I'm talking. Verse 25 to 28. It's important that we know. We know where we are and who we are in Christ and who we are in the body of Christ. Acts 17, verse 25. Nor is he worshipped with men's hands. You know, we want to build temples and everything like that. God, God didn't really want us to do that. It's fine to meet him, but not these incredible fancy places which are supposed to give the glory of God. He wants the people to give him the glory, not the building. Nor is he worshipped with men's hands, as though he needed anything. He doesn't. Why? Since he gives life to all, to, gives all, to, to all people life, breath, and all things. So everything's his. And he has made us from one blood, every nation of men, to dwell on all the face of the earth, and has determined the pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings. Listen very carefully. Verse 27, so that they should seek the Lord. Isn't it amazing? All of us, we should seek the Lord in the hope, listen to this, in the hope they might grope for him and find him. Why grope? Because when people are in darkness, they can't see the light. But at least the people, if they seek, if they search for him, and if they're in the dark and they're trying to find, that's like groping for, for, for the way. And it's beautiful. But in the hope, he says, that they might grope for him, seek him, and search for him and find him. Though he is not far from each one of us. Verse 28 is so powerful. For in him we live and move and have our being. Isn't that incredible? He's here now. 
we're in him we're breathing and the difference is we need that spirit in christ inside of us more than ever before we need to seek him in the day we need to do because if we're not we know we're in the flesh and you know the scripture in romans 8 9 uh, for most of you should know this one now um, um, verse 9 but you are not in the flesh but in the spirit if indeed the spirit of god dwells in you now if anyone does not have the spirit of christ he is none of his he is not his you don't need any interpretation we must have the spirit of christ in us that's what empowers us that's what gives us that's what will open the scriptures up to us the spirit will do it and everywhere you're reading and studying you know you ask the lord to open up your understanding and he will because you're seeking and groping for him and hoping for him and doing the things you're seeking his kingdom and, and his righteousness you're trying to find out more about him it's not a waste of time it's not a it's not a tick box exercise it's to show the lord how much we're trying to get into that that spiritual kingdom and learn of his spiritual kingdom so we can be those spiritual laborers working to increase the kingdom of god and ourselves of course don't forget because we'll always get the rewards he won't leave us he won't leave us empty-handed for laboring look at all the scriptures that he tells us about how how he would help any laborer whether he starts at six o'clock in the morning or if or he starts an hour before finish he treats them all the same he gives them their reward so you know please please don't look at yourself and think well i can't do this and i can't do that with god nothing's impossible so you understand so the spirit is everywhere now you should be able to see that when you were baptized in the holy spirit you were joined with god and every member of the body that's received the spirit of god are joined together with him and together with each other it's so powerful that's how we should be able to have the forgiveness and the forbearance and the love the that that, that incredible agape love for one another unconditional no matter how much we let each other down and then and as long as they come back and repent and and and, and start taking part that's it we forgive them and we love them as though nothing had happened isn't it amazing so everyone 1 corinthians 12 13 so everyone everyone who has received the spirit is within that one spiritual body i have some amazing testimonies of of traveling all over all over asia and and traveling with one or two people and ending up with some incredible um spirit-filled christians that we didn't know and just happened to meet in a town in a village in a city in a restaurant somewhere that then then god moved and we seen wonderful things happen 1 corinthians 12 uh, 13 and 14 for by one spirit we were all baptized into one body 
whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, whether clever or not, I'm going to add a few more now, we're clever or not, we're big or small, we're black or white, we're educated or educated, all, all were baptised into one body and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. It's beautiful, isn't it? Everyone who receives the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, he then is joined in that one body and with God himself. So we have to continue to remember this. Continue to remember that God called us at the beginning. He wants all men, to, all mankind to be saved. And once saved, he, he wants them all, all to be equipped to be disciples, not just a few, not just the men. Everyone has got to be these light of the earth. They've got to be salt of the earth and light, like the light of Jesus. The light didn't go out. He left the light with us when he went to heaven. And we've got to be those shining lights for him. So I hope it's not only that we make it to heaven, but also to be one of those good disciples here on earth. And in doing so, <clears throat> we show God our love and our obedience by doing the work that he, he asked us to do. So it, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. And, you know, and that's why he wants to equip us. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. You know, we've got to stop looking at ourselves and saying we can't. You know, that is, that's, that's a horrible thing to say to God that we can't when he says you can, you know, and he, and he will help us. He will equip us to do what he wants us to do. And so it's so important that we try and be that disciple he wants us to be. And upon this earth, it does. It shows our love and obedience to God while we're here. And, you know, when... When we do this, I'll just read this one out, Colossians 1.27. And to them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Do you know he has so many riches for us? He has so many beautiful things to give us, so much more hope, so much more faith. So much more knowledge, so much more wisdom, so much more love and kindness and generosity and self so much more. The gifts of the Spirit, these of the riches of the praise and honour of God. And you know, all this time, all this time we're working towards that day, you know, with that looking, looking for that blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and our Saviour, Jesus Christ. What a wonderful scripture that is. That's Titus 2.30. Note that one down. It's beautiful, isn't it? Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Saviour. One God, our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, and it does say one Lord. In verse 5, it did tell us it's, it's one. It's one Lord, and it's Jesus Christ who redeemed us by his blood. How do we know? 1 Peter 1, 18 to 20 says this. Knowing that you were not redeemed 
with corruptible things, nothing of this world, like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. That's, don't forget, this is within the church, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He redeemed us. He is our Lord. He is the one that we bow down to at this time. He is the one that died for us. One faith, it says. One Lord, one faith. And one faith that is so clear, we all ought to be working together. Again, to ensure we teach each other the Bible way of doing everything. Man, it's for our protection. It's, it's to keep us safe. It's to keep that world, you know, at, at, at bay. It's to stop, you know, and let's put it really in spiritual terms. It's to stop that demonic influence infiltrating our shield of faith and our helmet of salvation, you know, and that armor of God. You know, because he wants us to make sure that we were protected. And that's when we build our faith up by listen to, 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 to what God tells us. And then we'll see the results that God wants. Back to Ephesians. Back to Ephesians. And this is, this is what he wants for us in the church. Ephesians 4, 11 to 13. And he himself gave us some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying, for the building up of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith. And the knowledge of the Son of God, we have to make sure, we have to make sure, all of us, we don't get swayed by any other doctrine. And it's important, it's important we see these things, you know, yet again, it's that, it's that diligence to do it. And Jude 3 says this, uh, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, so to them it was common, it was expected for everyone, I found it necessary to write you to exhorting you to contend earnestly. For the faith in other words yet again it's to work at it it's to work at it it's to it's to earnestly to do something with effort so we contend for our faith you know when our faith's low we've got to get together we've got to build it we've got to have the word we've got to pray in tongues and all those other wonderful things as well to strengthen each one of us because it was delivered to all the saints all this all this is for us listen all of what he's doing here this morning is for us, is to give you strength and is to give you the, the words that he wants, to give you the vision of where he wants you to be. One baptism, he says, doesn't it, in Ephesians, man? You know, we could say there's two baptisms, but listen, but listen to this. It's so, it, this is so important. Hebrews 6, um, verses uh, 1, 1 to 3. <clears throat> Hebrews 6 follows... Believe it or not, the end of Hebrews 5. And at the end of Hebrews 5 was, is a beautiful thing. It's a, it's where, where, where they're talking to, to born-again Christians and he's saying, you know, you ought to be teachers by now. And then, you know, I shouldn't still be and have to teach you 
the, the, the milk of the word. And so that's where he ended up. And so this follows on. Therefore, it's that, it's that, it's that joining word saying what's gone on before. Now I'm going to carry on. Therefore, the, uh, verse one in chapter six, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ. So these are elementary. This is what we should know. Let us go on to perfection, to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. So it shows us that if we're not working within the body of Christ, we're actually dead. So we have, we have to continually to repent from those dead works and do the action to make sure we're doing live works and of faith toward God. The doctrine of baptisms, one doctrine. Isn't this, this is amazing, isn't it? One doctrine, one teaching, <laughs> one teaching of baptisms. And we know what the teaching of baptisms Baptism in water, in the name of Jesus Christ, and then the Holy Ghost baptism with the evidence of speaking in tongues. So it doesn't change. It is a doctrine of baptism. And, you know, so don't worry. Of laying on of hands. Here we are praying for each other, laying hands and resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. So we know now, we know it is only one water baptism. Only in the name of Jesus Christ, as the Bible shows us, and of course that baptism in the Holy Spirit. So he calls it the doctrine of baptisms, as it happened in the book of Acts with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And of course, in verse 6 there, um, in, in, in Ephesians, it tells us, One God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. So we know. We know God is a spirit and he's everywhere. He's here now. And you can see why he wants us to be unified. If we can't agree, there'll always be division, even within our little body. If we can't work together and we, we, we want to go our separate ways, we cannot work together. And where there is division among people, we cannot work together. It's the scripture in Amos 3.3. 3, it says, can two walk together unless... They are, they are agreed. And I'm going to read you a lovely unity psalm. It's only a short one, Psalm 133. Um, and it, it, is so, it is so beautiful. Psalm 133. And they gave a title in the New King James, Blessed Unity of the People of God. One, verse one. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, the priest, the high priest. And when he was anointed, they, they anointed him with oil that ran down. It's precious. It's the oil that they used in the temple. It's holy and it's, it's beautiful running down on the edge of his garments. In other words, from the tip of his head to the sole of his feet, it ran down. It is like the Jew of Hermon, where is a lovely mountainous region, descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there is the Lord commanding the blessing. What's the blessing for unity? Life forevermore. What a beautiful song. That's why you want us to be unified for us all. 
to get to heaven together, to work together, no matter who we are. Isn't it amazing how different we are? And, and God is trying to tell us, well, hold on a moment. If you can, if you can work together, you'll get blessed by me. It's another blessing. Isn't it amazing? All these things, and he's always trying to tell us, I'm trying to bless you, I'm trying to give you, I'm trying to give you the riches of heaven, the treasures, and, and whatever even you need in this life on earth. I'm trying to give you with the unity and working together. Still giving us vision today. Still trying to give us a vision for the future that we can work together. And that God will bless us. It's look always, isn't it amazing? He'll always give us that vision and the reward. It's not about, oh, I've got to work to do this and I've got to do that. It's telling us, hey, this is where you're going to get it from. You know, and, and, and it, what, what's hard about talking? Hmm. Some people find it very difficult. We have to have this vision of this Lord, of these scriptures, of why we're all together one body you know with christ and for, for you know, one church one, one 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 spirit one faith all these things and we have to firmly fix with ourselves so we don't go off track so we can work with god and with each other for who for the common good the good of all the good of the church the good of body of christ and the goodness that tells we're doing good works where we were made for and this we really ensure we stay on the narrow path and get to where god wants us to get all right let's finish with the last bit on ephesians 4 verse 13 to 16. just to finish today's sermon on unity ephesians 4 uh, verse 13 to 16. till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. We know the devil's behind this. But, verse 15, speaking the truth in love, Gotta give this truth in love. In love, always in love. May grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does. It share. Listen, it causes growth of the body for the building up, for the edifying of itself in love. Church, all of this is to build up the body. The thing that Jesus left for was to leave his spirit. This word for us to follow, to be able to no, we are the children of God. To be able to look at each other with love and forgiveness and compassion and support, even when we don't want to. For God does that to us. 
no matter what we do. Even today, for some of the vile things we might have thought or said or done, he's still there to say, just come back. Come and ask me to forgive you. I'll forgive you. Dust you off. Put you on your feet and set you on the track again. We've got to have that same love for one another and work together. That's the unity. And one last little bit. Right back into the Tower of Babel, God confused the language here. Because why? This is what he said. If man works together, there is nothing that he can imagine that cannot be achieved. Father, give us that vision. Give us that vision of us all working together, Lord, all praying for one another, taking part in the teaching, being the witnesses, being the good father, mother, partner, work colleague, church member, whatever you're in, to show people we are the light of the earth, the light of this world. Somehow, get this gospel to the lost. And somehow, strengthen brethren that are around us. What a beautiful vision, Father. And that's what you want for all of us. And in Jesus' name, I pray, settle it with us, Lord, and help us to be those people you want us to be. Amen.